What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Jess the Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, and Cuz is off this week, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Can someone feed me today's topic? Dave, we're talking 1993. We're talking the Clinton, Bill Clinton years. We're talking life was simple. We're talking high school for this little rowdy bunch right here. Uh, We are talking about SummerSlam, the season of the Lex Express, when uh, Lex Luger defeated Yokozuna and then held the title for the next five years. We are talking (laughs) (laughs) Detroit, Michigan, SummerSlam 93. I'm Craig, you, you were uh, you were going into your senior year in high school, and Dave and I were going into our junior year in high school. Yeah, that took place. Yeah, that's that's dating us a little bit. And I think this was way more complicated than our high school years. To your point, this 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 pay per view, this whole time in wrestling was so complex. I'm sure Jess will cover the background into it. But first, for audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or at Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. Jess, do you want to get into the back stuff before we talk about the venue and everything else? What do you want to talk about first? This was uh, uh, so many people forget what a crazy year that 1993 was for the WWF especially. Um, WCW was crazy too. And I think professional wrestling in the United States landscape was not as big as it was. It was really in the decline here. Uh, to make matters worse, the steroid accusations were out. The lawsuits were being filed. They were getting ready to start the trial, which eventually started at the summer of 94. So one year later after this is when the trial kicked off and started happening. Um, but the accusations were already heavy. You could tell. We'll talk about it later. Guys that were normally big were not very big anymore. And WWF was forced to go into a different direction on top of the fact, on top of the fact that earlier this year in 1993, they rebooked WrestleMania nine around the returning Hulk Hogan. That return uh, was like a fart in church and did not work out. So Yokozuna won the title from Hogan at King of the Ring 93 uh, in June of 1993, which was two months before this pay-per-view. Bret Hart would win the King of the Ring tournament. They still wanted to keep the shine on Bret, even though they put him in the backseat to Hulk. The Hulk experiment failed, and now they're retooling yet again in the same year. Uh, so 1993 for the WWF especially was a, a big, big uh, area of turmoil. This took place on August 30th of 1993 at the Palace in Auburn Hills, Michigan. There was an attendance of 23,954. That is a big crowd. That's, that's a massive, big crowd. by the way. That's massive. And it's a 250,000 buy rate, according to Wikipedia. And... Uh, we open up to the Lex Express. We got VKM opening up. I'll uh, be your hero. Yeah. I'll be your hero. <laughs> it's so funny. And then, so Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon is working the mic with Bobby the Brain Heenan, which I thought was a lot of fun. I think they're How better good than is Bobby Heenan. My, I'm like, Ugh. I miss I, him so much. And you, yeah. you get the feeling McMahon loves being with him too. Like, the, I you, do. you feel him exchanging glances <laughs> with him the entire time. Like, He's like, whoa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Once you see Bobby's all, never mind. All but I, I, I do, I do notice little nuances where you feel like Vince is giving him a look, and Bobby's like, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> there are times where it's like, hey, you're taking it too far. You've also um, got Joe Fowler, a new guy coming in who used yes. to be sports. Which, okay, I know he was famous for sports and info TV commercials, but like, is it bad that I look back here and I wanted him to work out? He wasn't bad. He was good. You he could tell well. he was he was uneducated a little bit, but like but he, he did, wasn't he did, bad. He did enough research to know yeah. what was going on with the storyline, and he did fine. The, the only one that kind of treated him like a dick, I think, was Michaels, and I think that was his second what? or her third interview. <laughs> Never. Like Michaels is nice to everybody. But you're otherwise, crazy. Why would you even say that? <laughs> the the, it's almost like he derailed <laughs> Michaels by asking him a question, and Michaels was like, "Oh, the questions will be hey, shut up." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget I know I that. Go ahead, and then Todd Pettengill was also yes. in the crowd. That was another friggin'. Oh, will we get to the Steiners interview right now? And, oh yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I'm and, gonna and say don't, don't whatever forget you that, say, uh, stupid guy. Uh, <laughs> the, no, the, the Finkins are 
The Fink is our ring announcer here. And don't forget, Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon run WWF Radio here as well. And according to Vincent Kinney, yeah, man, this was know, on air. Really kicked Jim Ross right in the dick, like when they hired him. He was com- His debut pay-per-view was WrestleMania 9. And then by SummerSlam, five months later, fucking Radio WWF with Gorilla well, Monsoon. You guys, rem- I remember watching all these pay-per-views. Or not watching them. We all just huddled down the radio together on the, on the stage. <laughs> and we just listened Look, to Looking forward to the Gorilla and the uh, JR to to do commentary? Uh-huh. WWF Radio. And according to <laughs> Vincent Kennedy, man, this was on air in 160 countries. I'm not sure if that's really true, but it could be right. He's lying. Um, um, <laughs> so, okay, okay. So I wasn't off. Van Vader was WCW World Heavyweight Champion. The WCW title was actually vacant in like two or three days after this pay-per-view. Dustin Rhodes would win it. Oh, yeah, you're, Arn you're Anderson right and Paul Roma were the WCW Tag Team Champions. So I, I was, was only on that one on that, one, on that joke. Thing. And yeah. the WCW World Television Champion was Rickus the Dragon Steamboatus. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. So I, I recovered nicely there. <clears throat> and before we get into the first match, there was a dark match with Owen Hart defeating no. Barry Horowitz in 8 minutes and 32 seconds. Oh, such a beautiful Wait, match. Here, so and then he got changed and put on a shirt and then went Yeah, down. he got, got changed. Up, and he, was still yeah, he took a shower, got, got dressed up, tucked it in, and got in the crowd. Okay. That's exactly so what happened. Now we're going to jump in. So to say the least, the hype of Lex Luger and the Lex Express was massive coming into this. The yes. WWF machine was behind Lex Luger like almost no one else uh, in so the history of the WWF. Um <laughs> Basically, they pushed him. He literally toured oh, in that yeah. bus for about two or three months before SummerSlam. We were at house shows in the pond, and I remember Luger specifically coming to do a promo. He, quote-unquote, just pulled up in the Lex Express and did a promo about how he's going to be. picked him up at the airport, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I remember him jumping into the ring, and he fucking tripped over the top rope, and it was great. Um, I specifically <laughs> remember that happening. Yeah, So they were. So. They were, yeah, they were in full force uh, with Lex Luger for two or three solid months after he slammed, well, two months, after he slammed Yokozuna on July 4th on the uh, on the aircraft carrier. Uh, so they had a massive, massive push for Luger. Yeah. So the buzz was big. I know we're going to get into it more, uh, but the, the push was so astronomical here at this point for Lex Luger. You, you legitly felt the momentum. To yeah. think what could have been if he had any charisma whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so... Let's they were, they were right really trying to get it out of him, bro. Having having yeah. to hold hands with kids throughout the airports and out the buses. So they yeah they had like a little vignette here about how the Lex Express pulled up to SummerSlam. Gene Okerlund narrated it. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, on his face, he almost can't hide how much he hates being the yeah, fan. Like just sitting yeah. and sleeping on the bus. It. Like when he arrives, the opening promo. On, I'm sorry, I'm mean, gonna get to. That. I just want to. Well, you know what, what's so. sad though is like to your point is if 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 he was Lex Luger up today, he would have loved it so much. I think he took it for granted. Especially um, and he would say, I think he would tell you that right now. He'd be like, yeah, you're right. I did. You know, I messed it up. Even uh, the promo in the beginning when he pulls up to Detroit or supposed to be seen and there's a whole big crowd and he's literally just like pushing everyone away. Like it's like, <laughs> he's like just trying to go into the arena. He's like, like face palming them. He's like, oh, yeah. I, I just I feel I feel like they were trying to get those Hogan moments where you know remember when kids ran up to Hogan's motorcycle? He was like, "Whoa, brother!" But he was oh, still like, they were, oh. and it's going to play into my Hogan rant later in this yeah, review. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. So so the opening match here was Razor Ramon versus Ted DiBiase the in a singles match. Man. Seven minutes and thirty two seconds. Uh, this was actually the very first pay per view that Razor Ramon was faced. Um, this was Ted DiBiase's final WWF pay-per-view as an active wrestler. Um, he would retire after this shortly. Uh, I think he did. I think he did a tour of Japan uh, and he was done. Um, this was a very safe match and a good opener. I gave it a B minus because it wasn't anything special. Wow. You could tell DiBiase was a shell of what he was before. He was very light with Ramon. You could tell yeah, with yeah. his punches and kicks. But uh, Ramon, it was just to get him over. The crowd absolutely, from the beginning, supported Razor Ramon as a face. It was ridiculously loud for him. Hit the Razor's Edge, one, two, three. Credit to the bad back. I seriously feel like you stole my notes here. Like, not even, like even to the that, grade. The grade is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the only thing you didn't write is I, I thought I, it's really horrible to say, but Bo- Bobby was so bad here. I did, did write you hear, that. Did, did, did you hear what he called him? No. He called him a Desi impersonator. <laughs> right when he took a drink, right when he's, I'm like, oh my god, Bobby, that's not bad. That's fantastic. 
I love me some Desi, so I, I think that's a I think that's a compliment. Um, I put Million Dollar Man takes control early. Razor is just way over here to Justin's point. His first um, pay per view off of uh, being a face. Razor's overpowering, so Million Dollar Man is resulting to a lot of heel tactics. To your point, to stay safe, um, the turnbuckle is stripped. Razor uses it on the Million Dollar Man. The Razor's Edge is hit. One, two, three. I put Greg B minus. The match was con- to continue Razor's face run, and that did the job just fine. Yeah. Ramon to the buckle. No! No! What a reversal! At the Razor's Edge! No, no! Up across the back! Look at that, ladies and gentlemen! That's unbelievable! And he Yeah, I same grade, B minus. Fun fact, you can go in and see before Razor's entrance, Ted DiBiase goes to the turnbuckle to try to loosen it up before the match. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't see that. Call out. Yeah. Nice. And, and I didn't realize this was his last. He seemed kind of know. nervous and um, and tentative. And I was going to say this. He and IRS had been tag teaming for like like two years before this call yeah. up, yeah. and then they split him up. Yeah. They were and, champions, right? At least once or yeah. twice. Oh, After yeah. Prime, this match should have been incredible, but it, it kind of was just was a little. Paint, I didn't write that on my notes, but I thought that I was like, if you bring the Teddy Biasi of eighty nine or ninety yeah. against Ramon here, they actually yeah. probably would have stole the show. Yeah, um, but it was um, it was good. It was good to see Razor looks fantastic, and then that's the safest since you said his his neck. That's the safest I've ever seen Razor give someone the Razor's Edge, where he goes yeah. to his knees big time first and almost like helps him slide down. So it was maybe they had some chat or something, but he they took care of him, maybe each other. I just in my mind right now, like they were in character having that chat, and DiBiase's yeah. counting out dollar bills, giving it to him to take the racer's edge like lighter, and he's like, <laughs> he's like laughing as he's giving. <laughs> so th- there's a segment here where, um, okay, so real quick on Todd Pettengill, T- today's Jess, 44 year old Jess, actually looks back and respects Todd Pettengill for what he did. He was like the guy who had to take over after Gene Okerlund, and Vince wanted the new young look, right? So Todd Pettengill was the quirky like radio guy that they got to do the interviews, and he tried to be funny and all that stuff. The 1993 Jess hated Todd Pettengill. But I, looking back now, he had a thankless task trying to take over that position after Gene Okerlund. Um, and that's what was happening here was that transition before Gene went to WCW. And so they had an interview segment in the crowd with the Steiner brothers' mother and sister – and can I just – I'm going to get major trouble. Um, if you guys want me to edit this out, I'm going to. But his, their mom was a – because, Whoa. like, yeah. So, first of all, it's okay that you don't – you're not used to the camera, right, and all that stuff. But Todd Pettengill is laying it on so obviously, like, like kitty for them and, and slow. She, doesn't she say, and, like, whatever you say? Yeah, exactly. Right? That's what made me mad. And she goes, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever you say. Like that, I was like, what the fuck? I was so mad at her. I was like, I'm sorry. Maybe that was harsh what I said. But I, I, like, prepper, they put her in a I will spot, say, she, even if you don't prep her, even if you don't prep her, you out of nerves. And yeah, maybe she probably. did not hear him. Probably. It doesn't matter. Like, I, it doesn't matter. It's bullshit. Like, it made me so mad. I was like, like no. Don't put her on camera if she's not ready. Yeah, right. And, like, I'm sure they prepped her a little bit. You don't think that the WWE production, like, Bruce Pritchard or someone fucking prepped her and just said, just go along with what I say. Don't literally say, yeah, I'm going along with what you say, pal. Like, shut shut up. Like, don't say anything. Just be like, that sounds right, Todd. Say something like that. Were you always tell them to go outside when they were wrestling in the house? Yeah, no, sure. Whatever you fucking your hand. dumb. Yeah, whatever your script says, idiot. Like, I mean, yeah. it's like, oh my yeah, god, and, and so you, mad. You can tell her, his sister was a lot more cordial about it. She's like, oh yeah, the brothers. Oh my god, it was ridiculous, and you know, she at yeah. least tried to play into it. I'd rather her be over the top like the sister than totally being like, this is all fake. Like the mom pretty much did. Like, <laughs> just way, how many dudes literally died who tried to date the sister because of the Steiner brothers? Yeah, she they just hot they stressed and, like. I, I would yeah, honestly say not because of the Steiner brothers, but because of Scott. Yeah, she was '90s cute for sure, and like, yeah, like there was guys that came. I believe her when she was like, yeah, they would come in and take one look at them and be like, I'm out of here, I gotta go. Yeah, there was a guy in like a wheelchair and a straw eating through a straw that was like a stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was worried about my stupid bitch comment for the bomb. Yeah, yeah. keep wrecked all my keys. Looks like what the end of work. I just wanted so. to date her. <laughs> <sighs> So the next, 
So but don't, don't forget, while that's happening, Jim Cornette interrupts to announce the Heavenly Bodies before the match actually How starts. good was Jim Cornette, too? He was a, little, he was a lot in this pay-per-view, but he was, he was good. He yes. was he was talking uh, again. About I will save my notes for Jim Cornette uh, for the promo before the main event. But uh, yeah, very good stuff. The next match is for the WWF Tag Team Championship. The Steiner Brothers, the reigning champions, defeated the Heavenly Bodies, which a uh, uh, low key awesome tag team by the way. Uh, Tom Pritchard, Bruce's brother, and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. They were in Smoky Mountain. Runs uh, a wrestling were... school out here with Mayor Kane. Uh, yes. Glenn Jacobs here in Knoxville. And yes. yelled to people on Twitter. So good job, Tom, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Whoa. We loved it. Joe and I would laugh all the time at his little gigolo hip wiggle and his back moonsault off the top rope was awesome. So uh, I put huge pop for the Steiners in their hometown, I know, but sure. fuck, man, they were over. Uh, this was a by-the-book Steiner match, but that's okay because you know what? Like, you just got to go in there and feed the Steiners. Good, solid fun. I give it a solid B. I like this match a lot. Um, it wasn't the best Steiners match. It wasn't meant to be. This was a WWF Steiner version for sure. But um, it, the Heavenly Bodies did their job very well. Knew how to sell for these guys. Knew when to get heat. Knew when to back off. The crowd was absolutely into the Steiners. I, it's so sad to me that the Steiners' reign in the WWF was short. But at the same time, it, imagine if Steiners never signed with WWF in 93. Their tag team division would have collapsed way sooner than it did without the Steiners. So here, sure. there was really no tag division. I mean, you think even two years before, in like 1991, they had the Orient Express, the Rockers, the Bushwhackers, the Rougeau Brothers, the Legion of Doom, uh, you know, Demolition, the Hart Foundation. You had so many tag teams. And then two years later here in 93, you had none of those guys left. It was like the Steiners, the Heavenly Bodies were brought up here from Smokey. And I think – I don't even know if the Quebecers had formed yet at this point. There was really no – you'll see later we had the Head Shrinkers and Smoking Guns, but that's really it. Like there was no tag team division anymore here in 1993. So at least they had – the Steiner brothers could, who were – they were a legit argue, tag team attraction back here. You can argue that with the with the trial being you know just, just imminent and all these guys that are just swole have to go. And the tag, the tag team guys weren't that. So you split them all up like Brett – Brett's on top here pretty much, right? Look how much Lex has shrunk, and Lex could probably work tag team if they, you know, if there was if all the big guys were if the Giants were still around, right? right. Um, you know, the Rockers might still be the Rockers. Who who knew? You know, I mean, I know Jenny had a lot of issues, but everybody's getting broken up here. Everyone's on their own now. Um, everybody that had a lick of talent in the tag team and division. And you can tell that he was not individual he was not reinvesting in the tag team division here either. No. You know. I I think there's something to that that Pritchard would say. He's like, I hated paying four guys for one match. Right. I hated, he hated that. He said, I think well, he when, does. when business is good, do you do it? When business is bad, you don't do it. I guess, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're you're now you're paying, now you're paying two guys for the same twenty minutes. Yeah. So what did you? What did, what was your grade, Dave? What did you get? Did you did you give us your grade? I'm sorry. I, yeah, a B. B. A B. Oh, a B. Okay. Oh, I I, I graded it a lot higher actually because I I honestly when I look back on this, I you know I'll give you the layout. Like Rick is basically double teamed uh, before the bell, he gets attacked and Scott regains that control. The belly-to-belly -belly suplex by Scott is just ridiculous. The crowd mm -hmm. loses their mind. The press slam is unbelievable. Um, the, the, bodies, the bodies are in full bump mode right now, and Cornette is just doing amazing work heel for, uh, for heel heat. Um, but the bodies actually do get some work, and I thought for sure this is going to be a squash at first, and I would have graded it at a B if it was a squash. But looking back, their tag work was really good. Like no, they, they were doing, did, they knew how to frame did, the Steiner brothers. They did, yeah, awesome. did, yeah, but they, yeah, but they got their moments in where they regain control. But then basically, Rick, as usual, gets the hot tag. You see the bulldog, the power slam, and then uh, he takes that racket hit. Right, that's that Jim Cornette classic. And the bodies missed the moonsault. Frankensteiner one, two, three. I, I gave it an A minus. I was really impressed with the match. I had a lot of fun, and I was, was I was happy to see the bodies uh, get a lot of good work in. I was going to grade it to be at first because I thought it was going to be a squash, but I. I upped it once I saw the bodies doing doing good work and and Cornette was great. Um, I had a, he was making me laugh. No, sh time, no shame so. in that grade, Craig. What, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I gave I gave it a B. I think I held a little high standard, much like Razor and, and Ted when I first saw it. I was like, oh, on paper this should blow the roof off the place. So I think uh, maybe it was more have too heavily Steiners for me because I liked Heavenly Bodies, um, and I remember them fondly. Oh, uh, okay. But the, the crowd I, I was, think of it differently. Yeah. The crowd was completely behind the Steiners. It was um, they yeah. they were pumped for this. I loved their Michigan music. I loved them when they come out with their jackets. I loved this kind of phase of them. Um, it was fun, uh, but it was um, I, I couldn't give it an A minus. But it was it was a good solid B. Yeah, uh, I, was I think it's because I think it was because I was thinking that the bodies weren't going to get any work in at all. When I saw yeah. it, I was, I was I was happy. Um, you were thinking they should have got more in, so you graded it less. 
Yeah, but of course, why yeah. would they in Detroit and Auburn Hills? And yeah, well, that's one thing. Like, why would you get any work in at all? I thought yeah. for, I thought they're going to destroy them. So the signers showed a little bit of a hey, let me let's get some of your stuff in too. That was, was there a was there an interview segment, Dave? Oh yeah, there was. <laughs> Joe oh Fowler is with Shawn huh. Michaels and Diesel, and you can tell it's an okay that, promo, I guess. Uh, Diesel truck go. <laughs> Actually, I thought that Diesel did a better job with the it's, mic uh, than Shawn. You know. Did. All joking you know? aside here, like watching the beginning of Diesel and Sean is kind of cool. And like uh, watching this is their, they were so infant here. Like Sean They're was still, themselves. Yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like Sean was going through puberty. You know, he wasn't yeah. comfortable with his voice yet. He wasn't comfortable yeah. with his body and he was Couldn't trying to, promo. yeah, he was it. like smacking the gum and he was trying so hard with the glasses and the tilting them and stuff. And Diesel, you know, was like just there. Diesel only been with him for like a couple of months here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Which is good. funny because on Bruce's podcast, like him and Diesel would always joke. Like when they get ready to go out, he'd be like, "Yo, Bruce," and he'd be like, "Yeah, Diesel." He'd be like, "What do I gotta do tonight?" He was like, "You know," and then Diesel would just go, <laughs> and Bruce would laugh because Bruce just tell him, "All I want you to do, I want you to wear one black glove and rub your glove. Rub the glove. That's all he told him to do." Like, yeah, that's great. I didn't know and, that. And, I and Kevin Nash in interviews has been like, "Yeah, that was the best advice because he taught me how to just be in the background." Not try to upstage anybody. Yeah, just be big and be cool. Like so, it was awesome. That's awesome. That's so good. Uh, (laughs) So next match we've got. Next match is uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. The reigning Intercontinental Champion, Sean Pudgy Michaels, uh, took on Mister Perfect. Uh, More alcohol bloat, but probably. Uh, So so I'm just gonna get (laughs) into it, man. This match never clicked for me. Mister Perfect was never really a good face. also, the way this match was booked, I had a major problem with because Perfect was never really in trouble to get the crowd behind him. He out-wrestled Shawn Michaels in the beginning. Diesel mm-hmm. really didn't do anything until the end. Um, this should have been their blow-off match, by the way, because we actually saw these guys face on a house show about a month before SummerSlam at the Pond in a house show. And Michaels went over. He pinned him like with cheating because Diesel distracted him. So they were touring the horn with Michaels getting the pin. So this match should have been, which actually their feud started at WrestleMania 9 where they had a cool brawl. And then they had that famous scene in the early night, uh, Monday Night Raw days where they went outside and was fighting on the streets of New York in front of the Manhattan Center. And that was a real like famous scene, famous angle. Wow. So they, they drugged this feud out for like three or four months so they could tour throughout the summer. And this was not a blow-off match. This was disappointing. And the ending sucked. And uh, I'm yeah. going to give Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect a C because, like, they just mm. couldn't they couldn't get out of first gear. I was so dis- – I remember being disappointed as 1993, Jess. I'm disappointed watching it now. Some guys are just oil and water, and they never click, even though the names, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hanning, and Shawn Michaels are legendary. And people even back here in 93 were considering Shawn a great worker. I think Mr. Perfect wasn't ever the same after he came back from his injury here in 93. He never shook off the ring rust. He never got into first gear, and I really can't stress enough that he was uncomfortable as a face. He was never comfortable as a face here. But Diesel should have been interfering every fucking five minutes in this match. Every time, it's okay that Mr. Perfect was out wrestling, Sean. But yeah, yeah, Diesel should have been hooking his leg when he'd go to run off the ropes. Diesel should have been distracting the referee. There should have been every reason for Perfect to get on the outside of the ring at the end and punch the shit out of Diesel. You could could argue that's Diesel's fault. Maybe there should have been more. We don't know. It doesn't work. Mr. Perfect as a face never worked, and I think you struggle with that, but but Kurt Henning struggled with it anyway. Um, what I'll say is that, um, you know, Perfect is really bumping quick, but Sean takes advantage of the back injury because you can see that. But then the Perfect Plex hits. That's when Diesel interferes finally, and they ran Perfect into the corner. But Sean wins by count, and I just don't get it. Um, C-plus on my part, Perfect should have been pinned and safe face with all the outside interference. Yeah, uh, Perfect even gets beat up after the match. He, do- he doesn't even get to save face when the match is over. Like, everything was wrong. He so could there's, have no been- reason, there's no reason to save face by only lose, having him lose by count out. Exactly. You, so you, you could have been pinned due to, due to the distraction, and then 
get get something, get a get a cane and beat those guys up and then go out with the crowd on, you know, yeah. cheering you. And yeah. then you go away for six months and get healed. And then you come back with more heat. It, it, it does. None of this makes sense. And that's why I agree. Except for the, the stuff in the beginning, I really enjoyed where Perfect is out wrestling him and Sean, Sean's getting noticeably frustrated. That was good storytelling, but that's where the good storytelling really stopped. And it had nothing to do with where the match should have gone, to right. Jess's point. Yeah, Craig, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'll give it a B minus. Again, third hey. third match on the card, third straight match where on paper should have been classic and just. Well, and uh, not to really. interrupt you here, it made no sense that they booked the tag team and IC title matches second and third on the card, right back to back. And now you have no more title matches besides the main event. It's weird. Is, they should yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. And it almost and knowing that it kind of goes almost south from here. E- even like with these <laughs> three supposedly building up a great great card for me, I was like, I was disappointed, and then I kind of cheated and looked at the rest of the card. I was like, oh, really? Fuck. <laughs> um, so, so this should have been great, but but I'll uh, be honest. Yeah, uh, we have a segment, being, Dave. Yeah, we got Fowler. With yeah, the Craig, one, you're three. being very nice, by the way, Craig. And then you get an interview with Fowler, uh, interviewing the one, two, three kid, and everything Which was about fitting the, because kid was nervous and Fowler was nervous. So like, I think oh yeah, all, uh, well oh, I am nervous. Like, I got the butterflies there, Jim. Oh. I so oh. I, I don't know whether this was the period or just after this. I think they started to grow back, but I don't think he had his full eyebrows at the moment. But the whole one, two, three kid, his first photo shoot uh, and his first trading cards, he has no eyebrows because on a rib, Mr. Perfect shaved them at night. I did not know that. That's <laughs> fucking great. So if you go back and look at early one, two, three kid, his first promos when he has like no eyebrows, it's because Kurt Henning shaved them. <laughs> so, I believe this um, this promo. They're just starting to grow back, and I but I laughed at that memory because they weren't full and bushy or whatever. Right? Oh, and it was just no. so like, oh, I'm just kidding, Mr. Fowler. I'll give him my best hand. Uh, like, yeah, but he was, I, I bought. We'll I was totally happens. bought in uh, in '93, and I kind of bought in right here. He's so young and eager. No, and he was he was a bright spot here in '93. So the next match is one, two, three kid against IRS. Uh, I put that it was super weird that the kid lost clean during his push. It made no sense to me. It was a so-so match because of it. I gave it a C minus, but it really should be a D plus. Not because either guy was bad, but because it was an odd match and just uh, even though Why the Larry, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, was it at the end of the push when it like? He I know like, what that they. I know they pushed IRS for the rest of the year. I think they were. I think they they knew DiBiase was done when they split the team. Yeah. So they wanted to keep IRS as a strong heel, but he. I'm not saying he shouldn't have won, but he shouldn't have won with a lariat out of nowhere. He just pinned him clean yeah, out of nowhere. It, it just make any sense. So it also uh, makes you believe that the match was kind of pushed at the last minute because maybe like Ted's like I'm done, so there's no tag. I mean, you could argue that maybe IRS and Ted were supposed to wrestle um, the Steiners and because or Ramon that, and the kid. Yeah, and and they had to move everything around because if they're in, if, if Ted's done and he just has to do one last card and go over and get out. And he can't do a tag match to the to the level of the Steiners, then you got to pivot. And that's why you're the, bringing. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that they were trying to preserve IRS as a heel because they knew they needed heels going forward. They needed that's something. Yeah, yeah, because they were losing. People were uh, dropping like. Wait, did you give a great Craig? I'm sorry. Uh, no, he did not. I did not. What did I give it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll give it another B minus. Props for it, he was never on camera, but <laughs> kids. What? When when one two three kid took his outside bumps, it's like he did it completely like flat on the stomach, or like he went completely overboard every time IRS dumped him out or he fell out of the ring to where he just hurt himself unnecessarily. He was trying, yeah, he was stomach to, bumps. He was yeah. just a bump machine. Um, yeah. And that that kind of push off drop kick where he went like eight feet in the air or whatever is fantastic. But yeah, it was it, you know it, this is I not. I'll give it a B. I won't. I won't. I won't do the B minus. I'll just say a B. <laughs> Tries to reverse again now. The kid coming off the rope. It's like to be called. Oh, my. Oh, like to be called. He's going R. R. Revenue. For revenue. Right off. Recover. One, two, no. Yeah. Jesse got him. Now let me show you something, McMahon. What do you mean? On the brain camera. <laughs> this so is for nice. you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. So David. I was really irritated that IRS was already in the ring. Already in the ring. I was like, gosh, was he I was really? Like, yeah, I was so irritated. I'm like, oh my he God. always was, though. That was always a thing for him. And, and, and by well, the way, no, when he's in the, they, when he's in the ring, he's talking him, shit. He's talking to the crowd about being tax yeah. sheets. So he, oh, yeah. kind well, because do you, I want to play his theme music. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. it. 
That's his theme music. <laughs> he, he literally <laughs> he had, no had, no he had none. Yeah. So now we've got Todd Pettengill interviewing Bruce and Owen Hart. Like I said, uh, Owen got showered up and so much good. to talk about in this match. By the way, go ahead. Oh God. Uh, so yeah. This, and this they were live in the crowd. It was a live interview in the crowd, right? Yeah, live interview in the crowd, and you could tell. Like I, I, I don't know what it is with with Bruce Hart. He can't. Uh, so like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take it. Ever. I'm gonna take it right now. Just so, so go ahead. So it was supposed to be Bruce Hart and Bret Hart. Doing the feud. Oh, that's, that's why he was pissed. That's yes. right. Yes. So uh, Bruce Pritchard has confirmed this, that Bruce Hart actually wrote the storyline. I should be him. fucking in there. I should be fucking <laughs> in there. And Bruce. <laughs> so it, so it, no, it's great because you see that Bruce is like, even during the match, Bruce is like extra animated and trying to push himself in there. It was supposed to be Bruce and Brett. Bruce was the one that was going to turn on Brett or start the dissension at Survivor Series, and it That's was right. going to be Bruce and Brett at WrestleMania 10. Oh, my Bru- God. Thank yes, God. Yeah. yes Bruce, right. Bruce wrote that storyline. Bruce Hart pitched and that to McMahon. Like, That's great, but you're not going to be in no, it. No, yeah, and then Brett stepped in and said, it should be Owen. Yeah. Owen is a better wrestler. Brett even said he's just as good as I am, if not better, at things. Owen is the one. He's been on your TV. He was part of High Energy. He was part of the New Foundation. Like, he should be. You know him a little bit more. Bruce is dry. Nobody knows Bruce. So, and Owen is younger. So, Brett was like, you could do the younger brothers jealous. Bruce was older than Brett. So, Bruce's angle was, my younger brother's stealing all my heat. I'm the older brother I should be looked up to. That was Bruce. So, Bruce no wrote that story. anyway, stupid Bruce. Exactly. Bruce was always like the narcissist of like the, the Hart family. He was like a booker, always booked himself on top in Stampede. Like he just wanted to be a star, Bruce did. He legitly pitched that whole storyline to Vince and Bruce and Pat, and they said they loved it. And then Brett stepped in behind his back and said it should be Owen. It shouldn't be nobody else. So Brett won, obviously. So it became Owen after this, which they didn't show any dissension here. But the next pay-per-view Survivor Series, which was supposed to be Jerry Lawler's court until he met a young girl. And then after that, he got taken off TV and Sean had to step in. And then it was still the Bruce family. went to court. (laughs) 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 Jerry Lawler had to make things worse. Steroid trial wasn't enough. Uh, By the way, did we share on that group group chat that Jerry Lawler tweet? When he's like, "Good night, beautiful," and yeah, he's yeah, 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 himself like, "Yeah, he's or whatever." He's, like, he's, he's, he's a fans only page. Yeah, he's a problem. He's a problem child. Somebody reset so, back. Is that your fans only page? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that comment was great. That's that a comment was great. It's my only fans. So that was my. That's my thing here is that everything we're about to talk about. It started here with this feud, and then it went on to Survivor Series, which made Owen kind of start the dissension. It was originally supposed to be Bruce and Brett. That was the original plans for the brother so, rival thing. So or whatever. It's, it's like, I am so glad that it was Owen and Brett at WrestleMania 10 having that class. So, it's so good. so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, so that's well, getting, so that, getting into the match. We and the, yeah. I, I just want to say before we start, I had to actually have a discussion with the team while watching this. I'm like, are we going to call these matches together and grade them together? Yeah. And thank God, just said yes because I was like yes. this. This so, is so, it, it's a clusterfuck, but in the best way. So, so the next match is Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler for the undisputed kingship of the WWF. Uh, this was all about story match rather than quality. So uh, Bret comes down, Jerry Lawler comes down with the fucking uh, water bottle strapped to his knee and made this bullshit story up about being in the car wreck. And his knee was mangled, and so he can't wrestle. Which was so, really great, by the way. No, like I, I, was, that yeah. was the best part of the entire thing. I will Lawler's put that over story. because Lawler is a genius here. And then he said, so I, he blamed, I pointed... He blamed Detroit Auto Work on the yes! injury. The way he tied it to freaking Detroit Auto yeah. Workers. It's classic. Yeah. It's oh, classic, like, like territorial... Back, the whole thing, like, on television, yeah. too. Just... Like, classic territory heel promo. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, Bret Hart. You're a hated man here in the World Wrestling Federation. And, and back there, all the other wrestlers came up to me and said, King, let me go out and take your place. Let me go out there and give that Bret Hart the beating he deserves. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to let somebody give you the beating you deserve. My self-appointed court jester, Doink the Clown. What is this? And so uh, so he can't wrestle, quote-unquote, so he hired a court gesture 
Jester, excuse me, which is Doink the Clown. All Super. makes sense. And this is Matt Bourne, by the way, who played this character yeah. beautifully. So The best Doink, period. Brett, yeah, Brett and Doink never got out of first gear, but it wasn't supposed to. It was no. supposed to foreshadow for the fact that Brett puts Doink in the sharpshooter. Doink's going to give up. Jerry Lawler says, oh, just kidding, I'm not injured. Hits Brett, <laughs> beats the shit out of Brett with the crutch. Broke the crutch. And beats the, the shit crutch. out of him. Lawler was a fantastic heel. Well, I, such I have a, to ask, do, you, do you think that that crush was gimmicked? I just have to ask. I don't know if he I was. Don't he know. Hit hard. I don't know. I think he hit Brett really over the hard. strong part of his shoulders and knew it would break, and it just looked good. Um, but I'm sure he did. I'm sure. Say that. I bet it was gimmick. It broke he, at the right spot. He did it safe, though. I think Lawler would never do anything to impress. So sure. after that, after he gets up and hits Brett with a crutch, Jack Tunney comes down and says, bullshit. Uh, he said those words, bullshit. He's like, the fans paid to see this match. You're going to wrestle. So he made Lawler get in there. Then now starts Jerry Lawler versus Brett finally. And Brett pretty much, you know, Lawler gets some heat on him or whatever and cheats and stuff. And they do most outside brawling, which is fine and safe. Um, and then Brett ends up getting him in the sharpshooter. Craig and I stole this ending for our OWF uh, match where uh, Brett beats him in the sharpshooter, does not let go, has the sharpshooter on for like, it seemed like forever, but I'm sure it was like five, six, seven solid minutes, which is a lifetime. Like 17 refs come out, try to break him up. He won't break it up. Finally, he breaks it up. The referee disqualifies Brett for not breaking the hold. So the winner of the match and king of the WWF by disqualification forever. is Jerry Lawler. <laughs> and I'm going to let you guys, because I know you guys saw the genius heel work that he did, Lawler, mm -hmm. on the stretcher on the way out. So I'm going to let you guys talk about that. But oh, I, gave the, I gave the match, the matches... A C plus because there was it wasn't designed to be anything better, but I give the story an A. Discussion going on with the official. The referees on the outside of the ring. There could be some permanent. The referee has reversed his initial decision as a result of Brett Hart refusing the official's instruction to release the sharpshooter. Who's the king of man? As a result of a disqualification, the winner. The crowd was silent. Can I, can I read you what I wrote, Jess? I said yeah, yeah, storyline, I give it an A with some match flaws. And and the one that really bothered me with the match flaws, because you you talked you talked about Jerry Hammer with the clutch and it, with the crutch, it was great. Tony said he had to wrestle. I have all those same notes. Um, but the one flaw that I saw that was really big and it really it just really upset me. And it, and it's the ref's fault. Why there's three refs there at the beginning of the of the match of the actual lower match, I don't get. But that ref looks right at Lawler using the crutch on Brett on the outside and doesn't do anything because he knows yeah. he can't disqualify him there. And I'm like, he totally Bill messed Alfonso, up. Right? Which one was Bill Alfonso? I think yeah, about it. He, he was the ref. Yeah. Right? And I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, get out of there. You know, you're not supposed to be in that area. Like, get out. I mean, all the refs fault, but that was like the biggest flaw that I had seen. I don't mind the outside work. I don't mind that kind of stuff coming from Jerry Lawler because it, th this was all to to push Brett in a certain direction to get him. A little more angry. To get and him Lawler had him. Lawler attacked him at King of the Ring '93, made fun yeah. of his family, yeah. like yeah. insulted Helen he and uh, uh, Stu. Yeah. And so Brett yeah. was pissed off. So this is. This but I, give, I give the whole storyline piece an A. I, I I was really amazed by it because, but my my issue was if we had to break the matches up, I would have had to grade them separately, and they would have gotten horrible grades. But d putting the whole thing together as a package, it's easy to give it an A. That's how that's that's what I wrote. Yeah. yeah. I think my issue with the whole thing is just time. I know they were trying to keep Brett happy. It just, I don't know how long it was uh, from Lawler coming out to the very, very end with Brett celebrating. It was a long, brothers. yeah. But it's like, that's too much time for this all to like happen. Knock 10 minutes, knock 15 minutes off and you still can tell the same story with the same emotion. Like Brett sells that he's exhausted and he's had two matches 
and overcome all the odds and family overall and Lawler. It you just could have, it, you could have done you could have done a whole story at a house show with Lawler being injured and taped it and put, played it over five minutes and then had them finally wrestle. Each I, other. I have no problem with the whole entire fake injury and then the, the heat on the crowd. Like you all knew it's it was a lot bullshit time, anyway. Though. But like the, the to, gave too much time to doing. But it was a decent match and then the Lawler and then the whole mm-hmm. like internally belong in the sharpshooter like by the i was i was hitting peacock 10 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds and all of a sudden there was literally 15 people in the ring it's just like you can force them to let go like come on there's a ton of you in there but i totally get it and i believe i'm I'm with you guys it's storyline in effect it's perfect eh? but like in execution the awkwardness of of bruce and owen and held back and there's some holes in it and uh, I mean, I'll I'll give the uh, the rest of it a C. Over and wrestling and for the taking up my time and how much they took, I'll give it a C. I don't know <laughs> if that's too much. But by the way, the beginning uh, when Doink came down with two buckets and he threw confetti at the crowd and then splashed Bruce with the actual water, I loved it. Yeah. that was a uh, that was a rib. Was it? Really? <laughs> yeah, Bruce, <laughs> was it really? Bruce said, yeah, he didn't know. That's so he was really point. mad. He was really well. Upset. He slipped and fell. You notice he reacted and slipped and fell because he had no idea oh, what was I coming. Oh, and then yeah, was, uh, so Bruce on his podcast said that uh, yeah, he's all it was, it was a rib. Like they or, they threw on an over, which is great. It seems like they stole they stole the storyline and they soaked it in water. <laughs> and then, so I guess was he the fuckery in Stampede then? Uh, he was one of them. Yeah, he probably fucked over a lot of people. He's probably just like Stu Hart Jr. He probably yeah. earned it. He, I mean, he earned it. I'm, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure he was a tough wrestler proved. and all that stuff. But like, there's a difference between a tough wrestler and someone that should be on the national stage, and he's not it. He's not. So, Craig, I, uh, I know you gave it a C, but I got to tell you, you're getting ready for an A plus promo here. Stop it. Uh, so, tell me about this promo. And I just want to preface here: the next two matches, let's go through quickly because they're yeah. trash. So yeah, let's just to save some it. time. So go ahead. Even Borga promo uh, with America crumbling. This is America crumbling. You see it here, and that's what I'm going to do to you, Craig. Uh, I am the best promo worker ever. I did. This was the best promo that Ludwig probably ever did. That <laughs> building probably didn't 25 look takes, even, which is probably 30 takes. The, the, the building didn't even look that bad. It was just Detroit. Like so, so it's like they stopped at the very first thing and they did it that yeah. day. Like they had to just quickly put it together. Sure. And I can imagine Bruce Pritchard was there, like trying to produce it. Also trying already calling out Lex Luger and then channeling like that being kind of the next thing, which seemed either too early or maybe it was uh, telegraphing. Him not, I, I don't know, not winning. No, but. you're right. Actually, that's a good point. Either you're trying to say that Ludwig Borga is going to be ready for a world title shot right after this, or that Luger's not going to win Luger, it. And or yeah, Luger's yeah. going to lose, yeah. Exactly. So they did it that day when knowing, or – see, I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, so the next match we're going to go to is Ludwig Borga versus Marty Jannetty. Oh, yeah. uh, real quick, bathroom match, grade D. Huh? It was just uh, – it, uh, it was meant to get Ludwig over. It was like a little info commercial for him. That's my grade. Go ahead, Greg. Nope, I'm going to go through move by move. So in the beginning, when they locked, <laughs> <the> mother- <laughs> that was it was awful. I just give it a D. I was like, what? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a D. Like, uh, I love that there was a Ludwig hate section in the crowd. This match was way too long. Ludwig and a half, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah it was what so long. I'm like, what are we doing here? Total D. Yeah, I, we, I, we all graded the D easy. Then we had a Survivor Series promo. And then Ludwig is in Die Hard 4, whatever he was in. Like He's one of the bad guys in like. <laughs> yeah, he was in right? Die Yeah. yeah. Well, I forget what Die Hard, but it doesn't matter because he wasn't there long. It was, then, I think it was three. I think it was three. Yeah. And he ends up, he's a literal white supremacist and was banned and never, whatever. So fuck good. you, Ludwig Borg. Yeah, good. Fuck you. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, because he had, he had a tattoo actually under his tights of uh, white supremacist something yeah. or whatever. So oh. fuck him. Oh. Uh, so the next match is uh, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez in an RIP match, which yeah, makes no sense. Uh, the match is horrible. What the fuck is an RIP match? It wasn't a casket match or anything. Undertaker just pinned him clean, and then there you go. That's an RIP match. Grade F. It I sucked. gave it an it's, F. I said, yeah. Taker slums it for years. What a trooper. What a trooper. Yep. Craig, <laughs> he, really, he really wrestled some shit people for a long no, time. No, he did. He painted. Undertaker's great. He's not down. The Undertaker is going up to the top rope. But Undertaker, I mean, Gonzalez is getting up. Giant Gonzalez spinning into the Undertaker. They're both down. One, two, yeah, no. It's all because of Homer and the Earth. This is not right. 
God, yeah. they gave this match so much time. Again, Peacock, I was hitting the 10-second button over and over and over and over and over. Although, it just, be advised, like, voice control, one minute. One minute. I mean, the last ride in the Undertaker series on WWE Network, go back and – but he's for, – for years and years and decades, he's joked that, like, the worst thing they ever – McMahon ever did was make him work with Giant Gonzalez, and it showed this yeah. time. And even though, tip for the I record, Johnny Gonzalez is a good guy. Everybody says he's a good guy by all accounts. He's just terrible. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm speeding this up because I, I know we're going to talk about the main event a lot. Yeah, the next match cool. is a six-man tag. The Head Shrinkers and Bam Bam Bigelow against Smoking Guns and Tatanka. This match was a lot of fucking fun. Tons of cool spots. Major surprise. Bigelow and Tatanka had major chemistry. Again, the same house show loop that we saw in 93 at the Pond. Show there was a singles match with Tatanka and Bam Bam, and they stole the show. They were great together. The guns were were green, but they worked really hard here. And uh, head trickers were stiff as always and great. I gave it a solid B. It was second only to the Steiner match. Like, like this match is fucking good. Like the triple headbutt, really <laughs> the triple headbutt, and then the triple headbutt the top rope and Bigelow yeah. and Tatanka. This He's match was. Good. These guys worked fucking good for a six man tag. This match was fucking phenomenal. I'll, I'll go as much as to say this is the best match of the night for me, and I gave it an A. That's fine. It was so I, good. I, I'm not going to argue with you. I gave it a B minus probably because I was being too critical of it, but I I really enjoyed it. Fatu, no, um, you're not being critical at all. It's a good Super match. kick. Like, Bam Bam was amazing. Uh, Shawn Michaels has left the building, was announced before the match started, mm-hmm. which I, I loved it whenever that happened. All uh, the head shrinker super kicks on the fucking no, smoking fucking guns. awesome. They're the yeah, they're great. Great. They look like they killed their fate. They broke their face. But don't, don't forget, before this match started, Fowler was uh, interviewing Yoko Fuji and Cornette, and Cornette gives her Oh, group, we missed that. That uh, was too much. So, oh, no. Uh, so, uh, so make but sure you but that's where I was saying that was the, the, the Yoko interview, right? Yes. Yeah. So I want to say this about Jim Cornette. You know, a lot of – I. I we live in a very sensitive world right now. So, and I'm not, some of it's justified, some of it's not. Uh, and Jim Cornette's been, you know, he's fired from NWA for making an off color joke that he shouldn't have made. Um, but a lot of people label him as something he's not. Let me, let me tell you what he is. Uh, everybody talk right now. If I asked you guys who the greatest manager of all time is to you, we're going to say Bobby Heenan. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it, he does deserve it. Um, but Jim, if Bobby Heenan is 1A, then Jim Cornette is 1B. Jim Cornette is a fantastic manager. He's one of the best speakers. His promo with Yoko and Fuji here was great, yeah. and it, he was always great with that. To put him as the American spokesperson of Yokozuna was a genius yeah. move by Vince. Yeah. It was a partnership with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which Cornette owned, and so that's why they did it. That's why the Heavenly Bodies were on the pay-per-view as well. And, uh, and Jim Cornette is so fucking good, and you can agree or disagree with his politics, but at the same time, it doesn't matter I'm talking about just his body of work. Jim Cornette is a wonderful manager. Uh, if Bobby is 1A, and I, I believe that Bobby should be the best, but I think Cornette is 1B or definitely a close number two if you want to get like that. If Jim Cornette is Jim wonderful. Cornette, and if he didn't want to fight everyone and be the guy well, that, that he makes, is. That, he that's his charm. Next, that's his personality. That's right. right. That's he who he is. Yeah. Doing this for the next 20 years, this is like his peak in WWE. He would have like, been yeah. Paul Heyman like 30 years prior. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Like he just right. burned out his own bridges and. Because Paul Heyman eventually realizes, hey, I, shut my mouth. I, I got to make friends. Gotta friends. Yeah, I got to make friends here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Cornette was not interested, but he was amazing. So the only um, thing, and, the only problem I had is, is uh, Jack Gonzalez attacked him, and like twenty seconds later, he's doing this promo with a neck brace on. <laughs> right? <Doesn't, laughs> no, 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 that was Harvey Wimpleman. That, that, you know, that was oh, Harvey. Yeah. yeah. They said Harvey. earlier. Uh, about. Cornette had the neck brace on in the in the Steiner's match, and uh, 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 McMahon said that it was because from Smoky Mountain somebody attacked him in Smoky Mountain. So he's yeah. selling he was selling his injury from Smoky Mountain. And then can I can I, I say what I wrote I, here? I'm like, did, are we really interviewing the Lex Express driver right now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, we're actually, yeah. Why are we so getting ready for the, the main event? And Express. they interview the driver. Which, when you think about it, can I be honest for a second? Maybe that's the guy you would interview. He's the guy who had to travel with Luger for like three months, like in a well, fucking I, bus. I, I, I told Lex on day one. I said, "Here's what we do: we take number ones. We don't do number twos on the bus." He ignored me, and for two months, <laughs> he number twos blocked. We bring all kinds of crazy women, although he is married and does have children, and I did not appreciate that. And then also, he is a compassionate human. We did go to a children's hospital, but he stayed exactly 45 seconds, and then said, "Fuck this, where's my coke?" Uh, so, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, he's a good man. Go, Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah, it was such a weird. Was it? It was, it was like Hank or something like the yeah, perfect bus. The, so yeah, the, the 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 grand finale, the culmination of all this hype was the interview with the bus driver. <laughs> the very end. And when you really think yeah, about Pet it. Eagle also inter- interviews a fan soon after, uh, just out of nowhere. Um, yeah. But, 
Not sure what they're doing with Pettengill here, but it's it's interesting. So then we have the we're main event to the main event of the evening. The WWF Heavyweight Champion Yokozuna defends against Lex Luger. They had a big double. Uh, uh, some Japanese guy came out and sang the national anthem. Ah, Aaron Neville so came long, out. This whole thing. Aaron Neville, so no, stop, long. stop. And okay, apparently, you had to put Macho Man out there, whatever, uh, oh, to give Luger the rub. You're but, next. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine because all of this was total typical WWF overhype. The machine pushing as hard as it could. Everything's fine. When Yoko's music hit, the crowd booed. Yeah. I w- I smiled. I was like, dude, this is Vince just doing one plus one is two. Yeah. There's nothing new that he's doing here. Just like the Brett and and Lawler storyline. Old is good. Old is is smart. Like yeah. the old, you know, old way of doing things. He knew they, they couldn't you know, go forty five minutes, so they. This is they Nikolai. The this is this yeah. is Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov heat. Yeah. Like this is beautiful, and and Yoko was such an amazing athlete and, and a star on its own here. Uh, uh, he was awesome, and he comes down, and Luger came down to the corniest music, uh, which was like the uh, what is it? Yeah, Star Spangled Banner. Stars and Stripes Forever, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the crowd actually went crazy for Luger. It was a massive buildup. Macho Man introduced him. Everything was big. You know what? I watched this match for the first time. I've seen SummerSlam many times since 1993, but I've never. I I just watched certain parts of it. You know, like Ramon or like you know the Brett thing or whatever. I watched this match for the first time. I can honestly say all the way through since '93. I'm sorry. They fucking both worked really hard. I'm sorry. Like, this match was booked out perfect, so Luger couldn't fuck it up. Yoko was great. We tend to remember the shit ending that I think that that taints this match in this pay-per-view. But, like, this match was was really good. Like, it really was. Luger did not fuck up. He was fine. Like, everything was fine. The crowd was with him 100% all the way through. I was with you all the way to match. The only thing that (laughs) fucked... No, dude, the match was fine. The match was fine. The only thing that that fucked up was the ending made no sense. Um, We all agree on that. I say overall, because they worked hard, the grade was a C+. It would have been a B minus if Luger would have went over clean. I don't think we're that far off then. No, we're not. We're not. The count out, the count out made no sense, especially because the stipulation was put in that if Luger didn't win this match, uh, he didn't win the WWF title, he would never get a match again. Uh, getting back to Yokozuna, he was so those Island Boys are such great workers, and he was one. I mean, I think he's one of the greatest top three big men. There's a lot of good big men, but Yokozuna. I'm, I'll never forget the thing for him is he'd have hit, hit him with like two, three, four clotheslines. He wouldn't go down. Each one would go further back. And he'd have that long hair would come out of that thing when he hit him with the clothesline. And he literally could be on his feet on the ground behind him. Almost like a yoga move. Oh, leaning back. I mean, think of the flexibility and the balance involved in that. I mean, he, he was absolutely an amazing guy. I mean, very light with his work. It was like a night off wow. when you worked with yoga. Like, so it made no sense that Luger was celebrating at the end. People put him on his shoulders. The balloons Wait, were falling. There was a Women. thing. If he didn't pin him, then he yes. never. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that was the whole thing. That was why people were yeah. so pissed off. That So there was a stipulation that Jim Cornette announced that if Luger he'll doesn't win this match, match he'll never get a match again. So yeah. the fact that Luger won by countout, in Vince's mind, he thought that that would be yeah. enough for the fans to get behind him. But Luger should have went over here. There was, listen. You could say I mean, yeah. you, and but here's my defense on Hogan and my my rant from earlier. Oh, now, not the '93 Hogan, the earlier Hogan. <laughs> I agree with you all 100 percent that they pushed him like Hogan, and he fell short. Yes, I agree with that. However, if Hogan was wrestling Yokozuna here and they put this kind of hype behind Hogan, he was going over because he's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Luger for some odd reason didn't have Vince's ear. Didn't have the lo- the locker room support. Didn't have whatever. They were still kind of in Brett's corner, kind of in Luger's corner. Even though Vince hyped Luger as much as he'd hyped anybody in the history of WWF, there's no reason why Luger couldn't have gone over here and at right. least worn the belt for a couple months and lost it back. There's no reason you why don't drop it couldn't balloons have and have an entire face locker room come out for a countout. For a did, count you, out. did you notice that they played a whole montage and Yoko was still on the floor covered in balloons after? That's, yes. that's right. They did yeah. the montage right after. He was still passed out. Yeah. 
So, so that's my statement. So weird. Craig, go uh, ahead. Yeah, Craig, give it, give it up, man. Yeah, we're we're not that far off. I think what all that to say, I think you you were you were romanticizing the match and all to say that you kind of, you like you didn't hate. You still it. gave it a C. Um, yeah. Because I, of the ending, I would have gave it a B minus. They yeah. worked hard. Luger didn't fuck up. No. Like they, the, Yoko, it was great. Hey, that, hey Craig. They, hey Craig. When, when a match is really bad, but we don't want to say it's bad. What do we always say on this podcast? They worked hard. They worked hard. That's right. They worked hard. Yeah, I. <laughs> But it was only bad because the ending. I don't think the quality was bad. You're saying you're putting those words in my mouth. I did not. I'm not saying. The I'm not saying. Bad. I'm joking. I'm for for saying. Lex Luger. For Lex. I Luger. apologize. Yes. No. 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 You don't have to apologize. For Lex Luger. <laughs> this was an A plus match for Lex for Luger. Lex Luger. Yeah. Would you agree? Like you know what I mean? Like, but it's not. But you'll never give Lex Luger an right, A plus right, match. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Kind of. He goes to the the moment of it where he like he did that thing where he didn't kind of screw it up. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> But it's still what. Even though there were moments where I was like, there were moments where I was like, ah, ah, and it didn't screw. It's coming. It's gonna happen. But that is not good enough if you want to like, um, like like run with the ball. Like, and I think up until two hours and fifteen minutes of being disappointed, Warrior was champion. What are you talking about? I kept um, but it was like. At least he was spastic enough to be like, wow, that that guy's nuts. Like, but Luger was like. <laughs> I, I was, you know what? I was so disappointed that like the two hours and fifteen before it that I I didn't give it a shot like you said, Jess, where you watched it and soaked it in. I did fast forward a lot through the opening. Oh, I, I soaked it in a lot of the match and uh to to the ending. And while I love and respect Yoko for doing twenty minutes and that culmination of two months on the road and Luger looked like a million dollars. I know, but think about it. This could have been a goddamn disaster. <laughs> Like it really could have, and it should have. But even their stare off in the beginning, I was like, when they stared yeah. off at each other, and Luke yeah, was so like, "What's he saying to him?" What's he saying? Like calm. Yeah. I was, I was into it. I was like, dude, they really, they yeah. did everything right. They didn't rush the intros. Luger stood. They did a stare down. Like it was awesome. It was awesome. Like in a way, and I was like, but even because it led me to the ending, where I was so disappointed in the ending, I was like, how could you drop this ball? But then right they now? still tried to take you home happy with that's not even right. Steiner's lifting up. I was like, what the fuck? You just made the fat man outside to like like for the count of ten. Like you did yeah. nothing. I'm the count of ten. The count of like five minutes. Is the big daddy all right? There's six hundred pounds of Yokozuna. Look at the buckle. Look out here it comes. Here it comes. Yokozuna charging like a locomotive and missing. Oh, that's shot. Hip hop. Hip hop. Hip hop. Hip hop. That was a body slam. It's beyond montage. I mean, he was still out there. He so. slammed him. The crowd went crazy when he slammed he didn't him. Slam him, bro. He couldn't get. No, the- you can't. Uh, it, it went really- nuts when he missed the bonsai drop on. Like they, they were into yeah, it. They were all they were into, into it, it, even up till the end. They were. They, into they it. were built. They, they were, were built brainwashed for two months uh, before, like since the Intrepid, to expect like they wrote they. It was all played perfectly except for the execution the of the ending. Yeah. So which I don't know why. So here, here's here's what I. Here's what I wrote. The best part about this match was that someone spent a lot of money and made a Yoko Tuna sign. Go back and <laughs> go watch it back. Yeah, I saw that. Go watch it back. It's hilarious. And it's actually really – it's not like a cheap sign that they made. Like they had – they went to a place. They, and were, made a they Yoko hated Yoko sign. so much that they were like – Exactly. But I, I wrote – I don't know. This is a slow match. I feel like Yoko's really struggling. I, I want to ask, like how hot was it in the center of that arena? These guys are they were, like yeah. they're pouring sweat. When you and when you uh, showed Fuji on the outside, Fuji was just standing there, sweating. sweating. Yeah, like it's yeah. hot down there. So, and I feel like Yoko was really struggling. He's really slow to go. I don't know if they're telling him to slow down for Luger. I can't see that because you know Yoko for a big man, we knew he was able to move. He's super yeah, talented, he and I wasn't seeing that in the beginning at all. And the double axe handles where Yoko is like just has his head up and he's like waiting for another one. I'm like. This yeah. is the dumbest thing I'm looking at right now. Like he's looking I at the light. I that. I get that. I don't like this. Is so dumb. It's Luger. And, and he almost slipped on the first when he got out of the top rope. He almost slipped. Really. Yeah, he almost slipped again. And then the double clothesline. Come on, Yoko is going to take you down. But eight, even eight, even after the double clothesline, listen to the crowd. They were fucking on their feet, Chen Luger, and like yeah, it's crazy. Man, I'm I'm just looking at match work. And then 
the heel work with the stupid wicker basket. That was so bad. That thing's bouncing around the ring. Like the ref, there's no way the ref couldn't have seen it because they throw it in there. And he it didn't, Dave. There's 23,000 people and there. He has no idea what's going on. He has no idea. He hits him with the basket and then drops it and it almost bounces to the other side where, where Yoko can't get it. Yeah, he had to and run and get it. Yeah, he, he almost, and he almost right. couldn't get it. And then when he tries to get rid of it, it bounces back into the ring. And and <laughs> I can't remember if he recorded or who, but so they have to go get it before the ref can see it. They have to run. Why do you have to rain on my parade? That's such a it's good memory. So Why did Fuji lay on the apron for six hours? He had a heart attack. Oh, that's like, what it was. Uh, he like what? just roll off. But I, but I will say, when Yoko finally got to lay some, yeah, he just his, collapsed and lay. Yoko her. had some had some belly to belly suplexes that were amazing. That you know he's always incredible when he did those. Misses the butt bomb. But then you knock Yoko out of the ring and you win by countout in the in the freaking main event. It's so bad. I in in spite of that, Jess, I gave the whole thing a C. So I'm not too far from you. Gave it a C. Yoko's at my feet. He is out cold. Come on, Yoko, get up. Yokozuna. Yokozuna's out. And don't forget that fantastic montage at the end. And then. Yeah, they we, still hammered it home. They hammered like, it home hard. Man, they had another video of the bus driving over the horizon. And, and, then, and then on top of that, bro, they go to what has to be a video recording because Lex was in poured sweat after that match. And they go to the back where he's supposedly celebrating. And he looks like what Jess, like before the match is behind him with the signers and a few other, and Tatanka, yeah. and then Ludwig ends up challenging him oh, to a geez. match. So you know that the title run opportunity is over for Luger right before before the credits even run. There's no way he's getting another match because Ludwig is coming in to challenge and him. And Vince at the end so was so like, this has got to make Jack Tunney push Luger and get him another shot or something like that. Like, it was yeah, ridiculous. Like, like, no, I don't. I, so so I've done, you know, listen to so many shoot interviews or whatever. It was not – I know a lot of people want a juicy kind of story or whatever that Luger sucks or this so. or whatever. Yeah, bar story or whatever. But the truth is, and I've heard it from Bruce Pritchard's podcast and a couple of other people's podcasts, is that they were just trying to make Brett and Luger at the same time. They were just trying to see which one the fans would go with and – if we have again, if we have, I was talking about Heenan and uh, Cornette. If we have a one A, we can have a one B. Let's split business. Let's, you know what I mean. Let's try to make two faces. Let's not have a Hulk Hogan again. Let's have a. Let's have I, two I, Hulk Hogan. I, I, I just know that you're not comparing Luger to Cornette though in talent range, but I, no, I, no, no, I just, no, not at all. I, I'm saying like <laughs> I'm saying the way I compared Heenan and, and Cornette to one A one B. They were trying to push. Time. They were trying yeah. to push a one A and one B as their top two guys yeah. here at this time, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was just Vince's thought process. Yeah. Vince was coming off the Hogan era. There was no rule book on how yeah. to do this. He after would never decline, know what he has until he threw yeah. everything after the left. decline. After the decline of rock and wrestling, and you lose the greatest superstar ever in the history of wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Like, what do you do? Where do you go? So now, and then the steroid trial hit. So you have to have smaller guys. Luger was noticeably like 240 pounds here when he was normally a big bloated 275. He's like 285, two, yeah, 280. Yeah, he was normally, he's getting house reports every night of like either Luger has it or he doesn't, and what's right. the crowd reaction? Yeah, and maybe those reports at night. Not like, only that, he's there. He's traveling with every house. If, if he jumped yeah, in the ring, he no, tripped, like he did in Anaheim. I saw him every night. Like and right, it was right. awkward. It's like he's not. He's not the guy, Vince. Like you could you could see the attempt. Like you could that's what, see that's the when WCW took a strike. And, and this led to to Owen and Brett soon, like you know, within six months or whatever, like good there's some really good stuff. Sean and Sean, Razor. Sean like and Razor. Of, yeah, Sean yes. and Razor. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, the ladder match is coming up, I forget. That's yep. right. Yeah. The ladder match that sparks it all. So So overall, was it a good experience for you guys? You don't have to give it a great I was well, I was pleasantly surprised with most of it, but I already knew. Did you feel good? I mean, well, you can't feel good after the Luger finish, but did you feel no, good? No, but I felt good. You know why I felt good, though? Because um, I enjoyed I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Razor. 
I enjoyed the heavenly bodies. I was pleasantly surprised. And I really enjoyed the, um, the six man tag. Yes. I, I, I forgot about that completely. Didn't even, I'm like, and I'm like, Oh, when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, and then it came out. I was like, Oh, this is, Oh then, yeah. You saw like, Oh, okay. This Big, is good. Yeah. Bigelow and Tatanka started the match out and they were so fucking crisp and bumping hard and like yeah. crazy. And I was like, dude, this is really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. So when we are so, assigned. Reasons, sorry. I was pleasantly surprised. Go ahead. Sorry, Craig. You got it. When we're assigned a WCW pay-per-view, I always <laughs> I always yeah. gear up and like to, to like just for the worst. With this one, watching those first three matches out of the gate, uh, like Sean and Perfect and Razor and Ted and what was the third one? Can't remember or the second one. Um, Steiner's. Steiner's. I, I wanted um, I, I wanted it to be great, and but by the end, I was I was disappointed. So I don't know if that answers your question, but no, I, like I think you're right. Because expectations, yeah. but yeah. This, this, this is why match placement is so important. Yeah, but it, and also mindset. Like Jess said something earlier about he watched it with an eye on nostalgia. Which, if you do that, I think you appreciate the era and the entire Lex Express summer. And I think, I you know, uh, the mindset. Yeah, I, well, I hinted on the end where like Luger should have won. If Luger yeah. would have won, yeah. like this pay per view is a totally different pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Well, especially if you push those matches where you push them and he wins, then it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But some somebody changed their mind somewhere. I mean, that's that's without a doubt. Without a doubt, you, you don't you don't have six hundred balloons or whatever it is and yeah. a whole montage at the end, and you're interviewing the driver. Like, right. Brett's like, don't, okay, don't go with Bruce and don't give the title Luger. <laughs> that is all Brett's fault. He scooped my heat. Don't like Bruce scoop my heat. Scoop my heat, scoop my heat, bro. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, OWP Radio, Radio, you guys. Check us out. Yeah, check out OWP. Grill him on Yeah, we got, we got Cuz running the OWP Radio. That's why he's not here tonight. Um, yeah. <laughs> or watch our videos at YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. This is Dave, Jess, and Craig with Cuz on OWP Radio signing off. No, Cuz. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>